Cooking with your kids is one of the best ways to encourage them to eat healthy and try new foods. So if you're looking for a holiday gift that isn't a toy and that you can also enjoy together when you're stuck indoors this winter, then the Kids Cook Real Food eCourse is for you. In the course, you'll get more than 30 basic cooking skills, 45 videos, including a ton of bonuses, principal supply and grocery shopping lists, and kid-friendly recipes like veggie bean burritos and spaghetti squash lasagna. The course is designed for all kids ages 2 to teen and has three different skill levels. My kids and I have taken the course, and it was so easy to follow along that my kids made an entire recipe on their own. More than 18,000 families have taken the course, and the Wall Street Journal named it the number one cooking class for kids. If you want your kids to be healthy, adventurous eaters, sign up by going to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues. And because you're a listener, you'll get a free lesson. Again, go to kidscookrealfood.com slash food issues and sign up. As a busy working mom, I don't have time to run from store to store, especially around the holidays. But with Thrive Market, I don't have to. Thrive Market is an online membership-based market that makes healthy living easy and affordable, and they ship everything to your door. You'll find everything you need for the holidays, including ethical meat, sustainable seafood, clean wine, baking essentials, and snacks for the kids. It's all organic and non-GMO, and members save an average of $32 on every order. They even have curated shopping lists that make holiday prep a breeze. If you join today, you can get 25% off your first order and a free gift. All you have to do is go to thrivemarket.com slash food issues. And for every paid membership, they give a free membership to a low-income family. So sign up today at thrivemarket.com slash food issues. This is Food Issues. In every episode, we bring you experts to tackle the real challenges around feeding kids and offer practical insight to help organizations, communities, and parents create change. I'm your host, Julie Revelon. The term clean eating has been fraught with controversy for years, and there's been a lot of confusion about what it actually means. Clean eating is just a very simple way to summarize whole foods without all the additives. That's Michelle Dudash, an award-winning registered dietitian nutritionist, Cordon Bleu certified chef, and author of Clean Eating for Busy Families. We talked about the benefits of clean eating for kids and how to move from processed foods to real food, but still include your kids' favorite snacks. We also covered how to save money, save time, and get healthy meals on the table every day. Michelle, welcome to the Food Issues Podcast. Hi, Julie. So excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, let's start with your story. Why did you become a registered dietitian nutritionist and a chef, and what does your business look like today? I have worked in restaurants since the age of 14. So that, that's kind of what started to get me into the food area. Then I was, I've always been an athlete as well. So that started the nutrition piece. So um, I graduated from the University of Wisconsin in dietetics and then became, as a working in food service, I became obsessed with the culinary piece. So then I eventually merged the two. That's great. And how do you work with clients today? Or are you just simply a a digital online business? 
Yeah. So I, I, I don't work one-on-one with people anymore. I used to do that. That's how my business started. I was cooking for people while counseling them in nutrition and as a private chef, as a personal chef. So what I do today is, of course, I love writing cookbooks for people that go out to busy people. They're simple and streamlined recipes. I work with food companies. I work with media. And that's where I, those are the things that really energize me the most these days. So let's talk about clean eating, right? We've heard this term for many years and it's become a buzzword, if you will. Um, and, And what is it exactly? And what do parents need to know? Sure. So clean eating, the foundation is choosing whole foods in their least processed state. So when you do that, you're maximizing the fiber content in foods. Think whole grains. They're not stripped of their beneficial components. You're choosing more whole fruits, more whole vegetables. Uh, you're choosing these foods as, you know, when they're in their whole, whole state, they don't have added sugar. They don't have added trans fat. They don't have added sodium. Of course, it's okay to, in, you know, to add salt and sugar to recipes. Um, but it's, it's when th- foods are highly processed by manufacturers that the quantities can get really high. What does research show us about the benefits of clean eating? So the research is more focused on all those individual pieces that I mentioned. For example, we know that actually there's some studies showing how there's this one study I think is really interesting. They compare a, a grilled cheese sandwich, one of the most, one of our <laughs> beloved foods. So they look at one that's made with white bread and processed cheese versus whole grain bread and cheddar cheese. And the body actually, it takes more calories to digest the one that's made out of the whole food. You know, the, well, we can call it the healthier sandwich, if you will. So that's one, that's one interesting study that, that points to me. And of course, that's largely because of the, the fiber in the whole grain, but that's just one example. And of course, considering we have this epi- obesity epidemic in our country, I think we, we, can't, we certainly can't ignore that. When you look at, again, back to what I mentioned about the whole foods, right? We know whole piece of whole fruit is more nutritious than some highly processed fruit juice, for example. So the studies really look at all those individual pieces, looking at whole grains, looking at whole fruit, for example, versus juice, looking at um, meats that are not processed versus their processed counterparts. So the research really points to those individual food groups, individual ingredients, rather than, you know, if you're to, to find the, the, uh, you know, the benefits of the term clean eating in, in the um, clinical aspect. Of course, there's things coming out with the psychological aspect. Yeah. And you mentioned childhood obesity. What do you Mm -hmm. see kind of what's going on in America right now in terms of why clean eating is really vital for kids as we're raising them? When we talk about clean eating and kids, getting all into the nitty gritty with kids about clean eating per se, calories, healthy additives. I don't know. I, I really don't think that's necessary. What I like to focus on is eating more nutritious foods for kids, foods that what I like to say with my kids, I have a 12-year-old, I have an eight-year-old, by the way, both girls. And 
So I'm very careful to just talk about how food energizes us, how certain foods, you know, just do, do get into details about certain foods we avoid because we don't want cavities, for example. So my kids know certain foods like we are, you know, avoiding soda. So there are certain things that we talk about, but getting into the term clean eating and all those other, all the other things, low fat, low sodium, those aren't really things I talk about with my kids. What they more see is the food on the table, the food, the fruit, the whole fruit on the counter that they can easily grab, the cheese sticks in the cheese drawer, the whole grain bread that goes into their sandwich. And of course, what's and you know, also a very important is me as the role model, my husband as the role model us modeling those healthy habit, habits to our kids. Yeah, I think those are all great, important points that that need to be addressed. I, I know with my own kids, I have daughters too. They're 10 and 8. And, you know, just I'm not a nutritionist, but I'm just really passionate about healthy eating. And I think sometimes it what I say maybe gets translated in the wrong way. So my kids will often say, is this healthy? Is this okay to eat? And And I'll try to explain to them, yeah, it's probably not the best choice, but we can have it in moderation, right? So like everything yeah. is okay to eat. We just have to kind of like pull back on the sugar, you know, especially mm-hmm. like this weekend, my kids were at church and it's like every Sunday there's candy mm-hmm. and there's other things. And it's like, whoa, like we need to rein it in. Like we need to make choices here. So yeah, I think that's important. And so what are some myths about the term clean eating? hmm Well, okay. The one thing I hear all the time is like the the comeback, you know, when they, when they hear, oh, clean eating, well, those people will say, oh, so if I'm not eating clean, then I'm eating dirty. (laughs) Well, no, all that means is you're a smart aleck. Uh, But I hear that so often. I certainly would never, I, I never have used the word eating dirty, a dirty plate. I mean, no, clean eating, I see it as a positive thing. Just like the term healthy. If I say I'm eating healthy, I don't, I'm not trying to make somebody else feel bad because if, if they don't think they're eating healthy, that I don't think they're eating unhealthy. I, it's all the small choices that add up to your diet in total. So I really just try to focus on the positive. And that, go, that really goes for everything I put out there, whether it's a recipe, nutrition tips, I really try to focus on the positive. So I think that's, if you want to call that a, a myth or it's just a, it's a very common thing that I hear. Um, and, and it's like, if, if we can't use clean eating, it's like, well, then there's all sorts of terms that we shouldn't be using, like healthy, or what about low sodium or low fat? Like, and of course, some of those do have legal definitions, um, whereas clean eating does not. But I, I think clean eating is just a very simple way to summarize whole foods without all the additives. Right. Yeah. Eating real food. And, and, you know, I'm glad you brought that up um, about there's no really one standard definition. There was a recent study that came out. Um, it was, it was published by the authors. The authors were from Boston Children's Hospital and Harvard mm-hmm. School of Public Health. And they talked about that where there's no standard definition of clean eating. And, and that's all well and good. But what happens is with any other type of health claim, you know, mm-hmm. marketers can kind of um, use that to their advantage and it's misleading to consumers. I, th- you know, I, yeah, because there isn't a le- legal definition, just like some other things like the term natural, right? We've, there's, we've seen some lawsuits go, come out over the years because of food manufacturers kind of taking it too far. 
And I, yeah, I don't think they should, I don't think manufacturers should, should do that. Um, but when we're talking about someone's eating preferences, I think it's completely fine to use the term clean eating. Well, that's great, Michelle. So we're going to go to break. And when we get back, we're going to talk a little bit more about the details of a clean eating plan. The holiday season is in full swing, and I bet you're already planning family gatherings, holiday parties, and cookie recipes with your kids. But with everything that has to get done, you don't have hours to spend in the kitchen. That's why I love using my Vitamix. When I received it as a Christmas present a few years ago, I admit I was skeptical because I already had a blender. But the first time I used it, I was hooked. Vitamix is known for making the best smoothies, but it can do so much more. You can use it to make holiday cookies, desserts and cocktails, side dishes, dressings and marinades, even peppermint hot chocolate and eggnog. Vitamix has been around for 70 years and all of their blenders are powerful, durable and built to last and come with a full warranty. To get free shipping off any Vitamix purchase over $50, just go to my website, julierevelant.com slash shop and click on Vitamix. So Michelle, when we talk about clean eating, what are some foods that we should focus on when we're feeding our kids? Yeah, so it's really all the foods in the pyramid, right? But in their lesser processed forms. So we start out with grains, for example. And whether you're, whether you're gluten-free or you eat gluten, there's all sorts of whole grains out there. So we're switching the breads to whole grain. We're trying to choose oats. We're trying instead of maybe processed cereals, highly processed cereals. But there, of course, there are good breakfast cereals out there too that are whole grain. Um, brown rice, pasta that's made with whole grains. Moving into vegetables. Now, vegetables, of course, fresh vegetables, but also frozen vegetables. All they do to frozen vegetables is blanch them quickly in some water. Canned vegetables, those are most canned vegetables. Again, that's a budget-friendly option. Uh, They're mostly just cooked right in the can and there's some salt added, but you can even buy those without salt. So it's really just, it's, um, it's still the whole vegetable. When we're moving into fruits, whole fruits are better choice. Frozen fruits are great. Canned, they, the problem with canned is the skins are often removed from canned fruits. So you're missing out on that great fiber. And you just want to make sure you're choosing fruits, the canned fruits, if you're using those without the added sugar. You just want to look for those in natural juices. When we're moving into meats, you want the unprocessed meats, not the highly processed meats that have the sodium, at, high amounts of sodium added, injected with different uh, ingredients. We want just really as whole as possible. Um, Nuts and seeds, great uh, option. And fortunately, nuts and seeds, pretty much all they do to those is roast them and some salt, which is perfectly fine. You look at the sodium, it's really not that high anyway. But of course, go for the raw if you like the raw. Go for the unsalted if you like the unsalted. You could certainly incorporate dairy into a clean eating diet. When it comes to yogurts, just look for those with with no added sugar or low added sugar. Um, let's see. Did I, oh, and then of course oils. This is a big one. Oils can there's there's quite a big difference between different types of oils. So when it comes to oils, the main thing is you want to choose those that are unrefined or low refined. So you're getting the nutritious benefits when you look at extra virgin olive oil, that green and gold color you see, those are beneficial nutrients. 
So you want to think about that, uh, maximizing your oils that you use as well. Yeah. And you mentioned meat. I'd love to talk about what are some good options in terms of red meat, so grass-fed versus organic, and then organic chicken. What, what do you recommend? Mm-hmm. Well, of course, this is, a, this is a big topic. I'll tell you what I buy personally. When, I, when it comes to chicken, I buy the, um, I tend to buy the no antibiotic chicken, okay? When it comes to <clears throat> beef, um, you know, is there, you know, you look at the grass-fed beef, is the, the amount of the f- different fatty acid profiles significant? I don't know, honestly, like, is it really going to make a difference? But the price is a big difference. So I think, so I, I'm, a, I'm very careful to recommend that everyone buy organic, grass-fed, cage-free, everything, right? Because the price is usually two to three or more times more expensive. So I think budget is a big, it's a big component to this. But I do tend to buy cage-free eggs, for example. I think there, there's certainly a difference in the taste. There's a little difference in the nutrition profile. Um, so. There's a lot of options out there. So you really just have to do what's right for you, your budget. And it also depends on how much you're consuming of those products too. The quantity. A lot of us are eating more plant proteins now. So if if you're eating the conventional meat or dairy every once in a while, is it really going to be making a big difference for you? Versus are you feeding your kids milk three times a day? Maybe you want to look at an organic option for your kids for that. So just some things to consider. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, food prices are so high right now, but I do Mm -hmm. notice that especially with, um, pasture raised eggs, sometimes Mm -hmm. the prices have come down and then sometimes you can get them on sale and it's Mm -hmm. pretty comparable to, you know, an organic egg. And then what about drinks? Because you, you talked about juice before, but what are some things we should watch out for? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Drinks. I'm very cut and dry when it comes to drinks. (laughs) Kids should mostly drink water. Of course, milk, has beneficial nutrients in it. So if your kid drinks milk, great. Um, now, if, you're, if your child needs to be non-dairy, of course, there are some non-dairy options out there. But again, you have to think about the nutrition. Like some of the non, the plant milks, for example, they, if they're not fortified, your kid could be missing out on calcium and vitamin D. So I would recommend going with the fortified plant milks if you are, if you're choosing to do plant milks. I don't think soda has any place in a kid's diet. Um, it's pure added sugar. No diet drinks are not an, a good substitute for kids. But of course, I'll tell you, my my child just one of my children discovered Sprite, so I do let her enjoy it occasionally at restaurants. But it's not like a daily habit. Getting kids used to soda is not a great idea. Juices. You don't want your kid drinking juice all day. It's bad for their teeth. Um, it's, it could be empty calories. However, there are some really good juices out there that have good nutrients in them. So it's, a, it's okay to have some juice. But the big thing with juice is with the sugar on the teeth throughout the day. So that's why water is still the best choice. Yeah. How do you feel about making juices at home or smoothies? Oh, smoothies, a totally different animal. Yeah. Yes. Smoothies, love smoothies. Um, I think it's a great way for kids to get involved in the kitchen. My daughter makes smoothies all the time. Of course, you want to aim mostly for whole fruit in those smoothies, whether it's fresh, frozen, or canned without the sugar added. 
Of course, you can incorporate some dairy in there. You can with some yogurt or milk, or and that's going to add some protein. But no, smoothies, great option. And yeah, it's totally fine to to add some juice to your smoothies as well. It's it's just that the constant avoiding the constant juice or sports drink or fill in the blank on their teeth throughout the day that you want to avoid. Yep. Yeah. And when it comes to processed foods, I think it's called the Nova classification system. So there's different, you know, levels of processing in foods and I can link mm-hmm. to them in the show notes, but what are some foods that we should avoid? Should we, obviously the highly processed, ultra processed mm-hmm. foods, but is some processing okay? Of course, some processing is certainly okay. And I, when I say processed food, I look at any given food. It's like a, it's on a continuum, right? You have, for example, apples. Let's take an apple. Of course, one that's in season, fresh off the tree. It's going to have the most nutrients in it. The longer it sits, the more nutrients it will lose. You have your apple slices that you purchase. Well, the problem with some of those, they pull the the skins off. So that's some level of processing. So you're losing some fiber. Then it goes down the continuum, juice. So you can see how you start with a whole food, but then it, it, it slowly goes down this continuum. So some processing is fine. Some processing is really good. For example, you know, milk, pasteurization, like those are, those are good processing, things that are beneficial to our food supply. Um, but it's, it's when the food is stripped of nutrients or there's a lot of things added that are not beneficial. I think fortification is a great thing where vitamin D, for example, is added to milk. That's a really great thing. Uh, folic acid is added to bread. It prevents neural tube defects in our country. So there are some processing that's beneficial and then there are some that's not. Right. Yeah. And in in Food Issues in season four, episode one, I spoke with Dr. Sheila Kilbane and we talked about inflammation and inflammatory foods. And so oftentimes when we talk about that, dairy and gluten come up in the, in the adult world, right? But are, does clean eating mean that our kids should be avoiding gluten and dairy as well? No, not per my definition. Now, if you, there are, of course, as we mentioned, there are different Depends who your source is. Of course, as a registered, I would try, I would trust the registered dietitians in the world, the MDs in the world, not the people, some of the people online with no credentials. So you definitely need to consider that. Yeah. Um, But no, gluten can be incorporated for those that tolerate gluten. Of course, we know there are people that need to avoid gluten. Dairy can be part of a clean eating diet for people that can tolerate dairy. Yeah, that's great. So it sounds mm-hmm. just kind of whole foods, real foods, mm-hmm. but yeah. very balanced approach. Yeah. So mm-hmm. when we're going to take a break and when we get back, we're going to talk about how families can get started with a clean eating plan. If you have picky eaters, you're not alone. And as a mom of two, I totally get it. But through the years as both a journalist and a mom, I've discovered the secrets to raising kids who love their veggies and will eat just about anything. And I want to share what I've learned with you in my free ebook, 15 Secrets to Raise Healthy Eaters and Put an End to Picky Eating. This book is filled with evidence-based real-life strategies that will help you raise healthy eaters without sneaking foods, bribing, negotiating, or making food into art projects. To get the book, just go to julierevelant.com and click on freebies. So Michelle, what are some easy tips for families who want to get more real whole foods in their diet and follow this clean eating approach? Yes. Okay. So 
I will speak from my experience as a mom, as a registered dietitian, and as a chef. Okay. So um, I think focusing on more home cooked meals and eating them together at the table is a great start. If you're eating, and everyone, we're all starting from a completely different space, right? If you're, if currently your family is eating out every night, maybe focus on one home cooked meal together, okay? Uh, put a bowl of whole fruits on your counter. I think this is one of the best ways to yeah. get your kids to choose to eat more fruit and less of all the processed snacks that our children, of course, we know they love, like all the crackers and the, and the uh, fill in the blank. I'm the, yeah. So um, I think that's one great thing. Keep those snacks within eye level and easy reach of your kids as well. I keep cheese. I keep my, um, one of my produce drawers, I fill with cheese sticks and yogurt, for example. So they see that and they can just easily grab it. Uh, switch all of your grains to whole grains. I think that's a really easy swap. Now, it might take a little time for your family to adjust. So, and you'll find the brands that you like. For example, pasta. Um, I, <laughs> we've been on whole grain pasta a very long time. But eventually, I, uh, they came over. But I had to find the right brand that my family enjoyed. Another thing. This is like very specific, but we know kids love chicken tenders. So I highly recommend, instead of the highly processed frozen chicken nuggets, I recommend it's so easy. You take some chicken tenders, like the literally the raw, it's actually a cut on the chicken, that little strip. Um, it's part of the breast. So buy the chicken tenders, raw, whole, sprinkle them with a little garlic salt, pop them in your oven. Your kids will love these. You could still serve them with their favorite dip. But then you're again, you're just you're 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 starting with what they already like, but you're just tweaking it. You're starting new habits. Yeah, I love that. I, I do that a lot with them. Um, mm-hmm. I have a pampered chef pan, like the bar pan, mm-hmm. and it's just so crispy. And you could put, you know, gluten free breadcrumb or regular breadcrumb. Um, and yeah, and 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 it probably takes a while, right, to get your kid out of the habit of eating the box, chicken, you know, chicken nuggets. But eventually, if that's the only option, then they're going to come around. I agree completely. You can all, yeah, you can also take chicken breast and just cut them into little nugget shapes too. The shape makes a big difference to kids. We know this, right? Yeah. So, and start simple. You don't necessarily, I mean, I do have some amazing pecan crusted chicken uh, tenders in my book, Clean Eating for Busy Families. But you know what? You don't have to start there. Just chop up some chicken breast, put it on a pan with some seasonings, um, simple seasonings, and see how your kid reacts. If you have, it's okay to dot a little butter on there too. If that helps get your kid transitioned, go for it. I do that sometimes too. Yeah, that sounds delicious. And so if your family is kind of thriving on processed foods and that's really Mm -hmm. all your kid has ever known, how can you easily, slowly get them out of those ways? You just have to start. You have to start somewhere. So if you're, if, if you, it's, you probably know, I bet if you ask any parent, like, okay, what do you think your child is eating, has too much of in their diet? <laughs> um, I think everyone could answer that easily. So start just by offering some different options. Also, just not keeping it in the house. I know it's the simplest thing, but if it's in your house, they will continue to eat it. So just replace um, those things start with, again, like the whole grain version or just, yeah, taking them to the grocery store too. Let them pick out some foods. I know it can be a little stressful to take kids into the grocery store, 
but um, you'll be amazed by what your child will be excited about in the produce section. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's so many different types of fruits and vegetables that are so brightly colored and, mm-hmm. and they're curious, you know, as, and then, and then even if you've never made it, you can bring it home, find a recipe and then cook it together or make or prepare it together. Exactly. My kids continue to surprise me at the grocery store. Like, Mom, can we get this? Well, of course we can. I didn't even know you liked this food. So you'll be surprised. That's great. And, you know, I, I know our kids are around the same ages. And I, one thing I struggle with is no matter how much I focus on real whole foods at home, mm-hmm. there's so many other places where they're being offered processed foods, like I mentioned church. But, you know, in school alone, my kids are constantly saying, you know, their snack is at 10 o'clock in the morning and everyone has goldfish and popcorn and um, pretzels and, and, you know, worse stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And I think that's really hard for parents to navigate because kids are just being inundated everywhere we go. There's processed food. You go to the gas station, there's processed food. So how can parents encourage those healthy eating habits with also not being so restrictive? So then your kid Mm -hmm. is going to rebel later on. Yeah, I totally understand what you're talking about. And I've certainly, this is a daily challenge um, for in my household too. So yeah, when kids are little, it's like, it's so easy in the grand scheme of things. They they don't have their peers affecting their choices yet. But yeah, my, once they get into upper grades, um, they want to be accepted by their peers. They want to be doing what their peers are doing. So you know, I let my daughter, for example, pack her own lunch. So I make sure we have the yogurts and the fresh fruit. And, and you know what, maybe if they do want to bring a one processed food, it's fine. It's fine. I think going too restrictive will get you nowhere. I see the families who are very restrictive with their children. And as soon as they are in a setting without their parents, they lose control and they will eat until the food is gone which isn't always a good thing, right? Um, It's okay to eat until we're satisfied, but to be hiding foods, to be gorging on foods, that is not a healthy behavior. So don't get too stressed about it. When they're at their birthday parties, let them eat all the things. When I, this, this, you know, when when, uh, the holidays come around, I'm not restrictive. I let them, it's one day, let them go at it. But just make sure you're still feeding them a healthy meal. <laughs> That's, and, and, and just don't get too restrictive about it. Focus on what you do have control over, and that is your family meals and the snacks that you keep in your house. And popcorn, popcorn is a good snack. I know, yes. So, <laughs> it is I a know. whole grain. So yes. actually, we always have popcorn in our house in yeah. all shapes and forms. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. And, and so if parents, though, are kind of really hyper-focused on this clean eating and, and they become mm-hmm. almost obsessed with it, can it lead to disordered eating in children? Being hyper-focused on food, period, can could potentially lead to disordered eating. Being over, overly controlling um, you know, even somebody who's prone to an eating disorder, even if you say, for example, this peanut butter has good fats in it, what the person that's prone to the eating disorder could hear is this peanut butter is fattening. So you, we just really need to be careful. I think just not making a big deal out of it. If your kids ask questions, of course, answer them to the best of your ability with, with, with the facts. But, um, 
we, we just, we do need to be careful with our words, whether it's clean eating, whether it's healthy, whether it's sugar, any of those words. I really just, I really just try to recommend avoiding, not commenting on our children's body weights, not commenting on our own body weights. I think all of those things can potentially affect a child's, uh, uh, you know, their risk for an eating disorder. Yeah, it's pretty alarming. I, I, a few weeks ago, I was in the car with my daughter. She's eight. And she looked over at me and looked at my stomach and then looked at her stomach. And mm-hmm. I... And I've known, I never say anything about my body in front of my kids. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was just so alarming to me. Like, why, why is she looking and what is she thinking and where is she getting that idea from? Yeah, I know. It is alarming. I agree. There's kids see it. And I'm the same way. We never talk about body weight in our house, but of course they're at school. You know, there are moms, there are dads talking about body weights, whether it's their own body weights or the child's body weights, they're going to see it They're on social media, um, at school. So what, all we can do is when you hear or you see something from your child, you just, it's, it's good to address it. It's good to ask, oh, where did, where did you, where did you, why did you say that? Or, or well, what makes you say that? And find out and then try to, try to correct it, try to correct it as, as you see it. Yeah. And I think the great thing about clean eating is that you really can save money eating this way. You mentioned before that, you know, you can eat meat, but eat less of it, you know, make your plate more plant-based foods. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of those plant-based foods can be really affordable, but do you have other tips on how, you know, you can follow a clean eating approach on a budget? Definitely. I think it's really, okay. So, and it goes by the food group, for example, in-season produce. So when you're, if you're buying fresh produce, try to get the in-season kind. That's, of course, going to be your best bang for your buck, typically. And there's nothing wrong with canned or frozen fruits and vegetables, again, based on what we covered earlier. And those are oftentimes the most economical. Beans, of course, an excellent source of protein and iron and so many nutrients. And they are definitely one of the most economical proteins that you can get. So just finding those recipes, like things for, with burritos and, and things like that to make them uh, more family friendly. When you do buy meat, buy it in bulk when it's on sale, freeze it, freeze it in the amount you'll use in a recipe, like a pound, a pound and a half, for example. Make food yourself. As soon as you buy a healthy food that's prepared, it's going to be astronomically expensive compared to if you just made it yourself. Yes, it's going to take more time. So it's like, do you want to spend time or money? So you, you do have, those are choices we all have to make. When it comes to produce that is fresh, of course, buying the whole produce form, again, versus buying the pre-washed or the pre-cut, that is when produce can get super expensive. So again, you just have to ask yourself, what are you trying to save, time or money? And you, it's usually, you usually have to choose one or the other. Yeah. And, and now that we're, most kids are back in school full time, you know, I, I hear this from other parents and, and I'm sure everyone's read it in the media, but how parents are saying, you know, we kind of miss those uh, pandemic days when we were in lockdown and we weren't running mm-hmm. around to activities. And it's almost like a culture shock now where, you know, we don't know how to keep up. And it's, it, we're just so busy all the time. And, you know, you're the expert on this, Michelle. So tell <laughs> us how we can make this approach easy, quick and easy for families. Yeah. So I, I'm really a big fan of cook once, eat twice. Make that big pan lasagna. 
if you're making pasta, boil enough for a few days. You know, your kids love pasta. Focus on one family, one meal. So this does not mean, you know, you don't want to be a short order cook. That is the biggest time suck. So when you do make a recipe, think of how, let's say your kid doesn't eat green anything or something like that, or they don't want the sauce, or they don't want the seasonings that you like. What I'll do is just break off some of the protein you're making. It's okay. Put it in the corner of a pan. Again, those chicken, chop up the chicken, put it in a little corner of the pan. And they have their protein, for example. It's easy to add your fruit or the, you know, the vegetable that they enjoy. But one meal. Um, another thing you can do, oh, I have to mention, of course, my Dash Dinner Spice Kits. These are spice kits that I've created for busy people. I literally made them for busy people, including myself. So, of course, I've written all the cookbooks and the easy recipes, but this takes it one step further. You just take the packet, for example, for taco. You add your, the, your protein. You add the seasoning. You add the veg. And you have a perfectly seasoned meal that your kids will love. My kids love the taco. They love the marinara because it makes amazing lasagna and amazing meat sauce. So, super simple. Just a few ingredients. Uh, another thing you can do is... When you do cook, freeze half of it. There are a lot of things that freeze really well. For example, like the meat sauce that I just mentioned, like chili, like taco meat, things I probably wouldn't recommend or seafood. We don't want to, or anything crunchy. Those aren't going to do great once you thaw them. But definitely cook a big batch and then freeze it in the portions that you'll use later on. And you're saving yourself time in cleanup, time in prep, and time and planning and just that thinking process, which is oftentimes the very first barrier that we face. Michelle, talk to me about your favorite recipes from your book, mm-hmm. Clean Eating for Busy Families. I know you also have a new book that came out this year, the Low Carb Mediterranean Cookbook. Yes. I will tell you the favorite. I have, of course, my, <laughs> I love all the recipes in my book, right? <laughs> but I will tell you what are the most popular with my entire family, because I think that's going to be the most helpful for listeners. So these are the recipes. Um, we have my simple to assemble lasagna that's in my book. And what the, the coolest thing about this is you don't have to pre-cook anything. You just layer it and you pop it in the oven. You don't pre-boil the noodles. You don't have to pre-saute the meat. So I have it perfected. My kids love it. Definitely check out that recipe. I have a chicken Parmesan in my book that my kids love. My husband loves. We all love it. And so what there's spinach. So what I do, I just don't put, my kids won't eat spinach. I mean, it is what it is. So um, (laughs) I just put (laughs) spinach on half of the recipe. Super easy to do. Everyone's happy. And it's a one pan meal. You saute it and you bake it off all in the same pan, which saves so much time. Yeah, that sounds delicious. Yeah, it's so good. Um, Also my easy cod fingers with tartar sauce. So you're still getting, it's your, to your kids, we just call it fish sticks. Don't get too fancy with the wording, okay? <laughs> like meatloaf is not meatloaf. It's meatball cupcakes, okay? So you bake, that's also in my book. You make that meatloaf mixture, you pop it in a muffin tin, and kids love it. My kids love it. Uh, we also have my, uh, my five-ingredient baked chicken thighs with apple cider vinegar. Again, for your kids, it's just chicken. But it's such a great recipe. You can bake it, marinate it that right before you cook it or the night before. You can grill it. It's really versatile, and it's just packed with so much flavor. And then there's also a shredded chicken taco meat in my book, which is 
just so versatile. So no matter, no matter what type of plan that you're eating, whether it's, you know, you can put it in tacos, you can put it in flour tortillas, corn tortillas, you can put it, make it, turn it into a bowl. You can put it over a salad. So you're only making one type of protein, but everyone can kind of choose how they want to enjoy it. Yeah, that's great. I love the sheet pan meals. I think that saves you a lot of time. Do you use certain appliances that help you save time in the kitchen too? Um, I'm not a big gadget person, but I will tell you having good knives and sharp knives is so important to make the process go easier and be more safe. Uh, I do like, I think having pans that are big enough are important. So you're not having to make the recipe small or you're not having to bat, like cook the chicken in two different batches. So I'm a big fan. I have my 12 inch saute pan. I like to have my restaurant half sheet pans. You can just buy those at your big box stores or online, but you can put that whole meal right on that sheet pan. So those are, it's kind of the basics, but uh, they really help make everything more efficient. Excellent. So Michelle, where can listeners go to learn more about you and your work? Yes, definitely go to my website, michelledudash.com. You can sign up for my free newsletter there. I send out free recipes. Don't worry, I won't send you too many emails. I have no time. Um, (laughs) But also my Instagram is michelledudash, Twitter and Facebook. But I really just try to put out tips for people, easy recipe ideas, and uh, just things to make your life easier. Great. Well, Michelle, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, thank you, Julie. This was so much fun. That was a fun interview with Michelle Dudash, and I can't wait to try some of the recipes in her book. If you found this episode helpful, I'd love it if you could go into Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a rating so that we can reach more people. I'm Julie Revelant, and thank you for listening to Food Issues. You can connect with me on julierevelant.com and on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter.